All down. All silent. Going, going, going. Gone. So congratulations. Welcome to the Current Market Insights Podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate. Each episode, we chat with real estate author and industry leader, Peter O'Malley, to discuss the current property market conditions and provide insights to assist you on your property journey. Peter, hello as always and welcome back to the studio. Oh, good to be here for another big year, Kieran. Yeah, excellent. How was your break? You feeling refreshed? Uh, Very refreshed and looking forward to the year ahead. I really am. I think it's going to be an interesting year. There'll be many twists and turns and uh, can't wait. So 2022 is gone, 2023, big year ahead. How does it look for property, you think? Very murky outlook. That's not to say that it's uh, going to be a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that this is a year more than any other that will be dictated by events, Kieran. There's many things that will ultimately determine what happens with the property market this year. Uh, I think the first one is CPI, the inflation reading. So the big one is not actually interest rates because interest rates follow or are following as it stands what the inflation reading of the day is. So I think we saw some slight moderation in inflation in late 2022, and we'd love to see those numbers continue, not just in Australia, but globally uh, through 2023. So my first point or, or event that people should be keeping an eye on is inflation in Australia and in America. Now, we don't like to concede on this, but the reality is is that our interest rates tend to follow with a lag what America's doing. So I remember a few years ago when our interest rate setting here in Australia was maybe somewhere between 45 and 5.5%, and America had their interest rate setting sort of to 2.5%. Uh, At that time, this was coming out of the 2008 GFC, people said that could never happen in Australia. Well, Australia ended up with a cash rate of 0.1%, as we now know, and that was on the back of a decade of interest rates gradually falling. So now that America find themselves having to fight inflation due to all of the easy money that their respective Democrat and Republican governments have handed out over a long period of time. They've unleashed a inflation problem on the world and they're ratcheting rates up to contain that. And uh, as I said, we don't like it, but we're going to follow it. So yeah, follow the inflation number in America as well. So you say that uh, we do have a bit of lag in following American inflation with our interest rates here. Do you think we're ever likely to get back to a scenario where we see 0.1% cash rates in Australia? Well, that was always an emergency setting. So I guess if there's another major issue that drives the world into that place and space, we could quite possibly get there. Um, But I'm not expecting it in my lifetime, but that's not to say it'll never happen ever. I'm not sure that uh, our listeners are going to be too happy with that answer, Pete. I think everyone's become accustomed to these super low interest rates, particularly uh, when considering their mortgage in Australia. I think rates could drop in sooner than people think, Kieran. I am in that category, but we're not going back to a cash rate of 0.1%. That was an emergency setting to get us through a pandemic and the, the hangover or the headache that it's left uh, the RBA and the government with after that means that they would not go back anywhere near those levels lightly. Of course. I'm going to ask you to roll the dice a little bit here for me, Peter. Given that we've talked about previously on the show, the COVID hangover or interest rate freeze is coming toward an end in 2023. Do you think people would be wise to consider refixing their rates as they come up or would it be worth gambling to see what they do throughout 2023? 
Uh, look, when you're talking about personal finances, I definitely don't like gambling in any capacity. Gambling's at the racetrack and the casino. It's not with your uh, personal finances. So if you feel that you're vulnerable in your personal finance space, I think you're well advised to look at maybe fixing half and, and letting half float. Good advice. Good advice. Now, as part of the preview for the year, I'd love to break it down into the the major sectors that we deal with in property. Uh, So I think starting with sellers in 2023, what do you think the market outlook is for them? Sellers have got a tricky equation, much trickier than buyers, because sellers need to ask themselves, is the market going to continue falling throughout the year or will it experience a bounce? I don't pretend to know the answer to that question. I know what feeds in to that question, but I don't know the answer. And on the downside, Sellers need to ask themselves when the lag effect of these interest rate rises that the market experienced in 2022 hit households in 2023, how does that play out both in the economy and in the housing market? Um, They also need to ask themselves if it's beginning to play badly and unemployment starts pushing up and there is real signs of duress in the economy, which there isn't thus far with all of the interest rate rises that we've experienced. Does the RBA blink and look to cut interest rates or level off at that point in time? The government have options available to them as well to support vulnerable people in the community, but they chose not to do that in their first budget after the federal election. I think that first budget was in November, was it? Yes. It was criticised because it was a nothing budget. They they didn't uh, cut spending and they didn't actually push any money into the economy because the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, was acutely aware that he did not want to hurt the economy by cutting spending and he did not want to stimulate the economy by making any winners out of his budget. So the government will come into play once the RBA's job is done. Given that we have had such an extraordinary set of circumstances in Australia over the last 12 months or so, Looking at the the property cycle for this year, do you think that sellers can expect a relatively normal uh, cycle itself to play out? It's all event dependent, Kieran. It really is. So last year, we had dramatic events. We had Ukraine war, supply line issues coming out of China, rapidly rising interest rates for the first time in 12 years. The events just didn't stop and the market was on the roller coaster accordingly. And that's why we need to follow and join the dots here as to what is happening on a geopolitical economic front, and that'll that'll give us some insights as to how the overall market will perform. And then to make it even more complicated, Kieran, there's always market segments that run against the trend. So last year, who would have thought, for example, that the top end of the property market would hold, if not edge up a bit higher, as the rest of the market took a hit due to interest rates? An interesting indicator through 2022 that wasn't sort of examined strong enough, Kieran, is as we know, the Sydney property market dropped 10%, but the All Lords, for example, finished the year slightly down, barely at all. So the financial markets didn't have the same concerns about the economic performance and outlook that the housing market and home buyers did. Do you think in part that's due to the fact that the financial markets are accustomed to a little bit more volatility in their general cycles? compared with the property market that's consistently being seen in Australia over the last two decades, perhaps, as this you know, incredible investment that just keeps storming ahead? I think we live in a very lucky country, um, and we've got those commodities that, as global inflation took hold, commodities shot up in price, and that benefited 
Australia. So there's many people abroad who look at the Australian economy and it really is the Goldilocks economy. It just seems to get it right and keep getting it right. We can't be complacent about that. But you would have thought at the start of 2022 that if interest rates were going to do what they did, that it would be catastrophic for the economy, but it powered along all year and the, the share market gave the policymakers a tick for that at, at, by year's end. We certainly are in the lucky country, Peter. Now, the inverse to sellers on the market usually are the buyers. What does the outlook look for buyers, particularly if sellers are a little bit cautious about committing to a sale given the fluctuations in the market? When you're buying a property, I think it's best to take a long-term perspective. Now, we all want to transact for the best we can on any given day. And there will be situations where vendors are in trouble next year and buyers may feel the need or may be trying to smoke out a desperate vendor, if you like. And what I'd say to to buyers is that the cycle overall is beginning to work in your favour. And there's a big difference between taking advantage of circumstances and taking advantage of people. And the difference between those two is your conscience, if you like. I think, as I say, the market cycle will throw up opportunities for buyers. But if you're a buyer out there determined to take advantage of a vulnerable vendor, um, that usually backfires and you'll usually get outbid by doing so. I think what's more important than the price you pay the vendor on the contract is the amount you ultimately pay for the property in terms of the interest that you pay on that. So one needs to moderate their debt levels now that interest rates are at a much higher level than what they were 18 months ago. Because I always say to people, don't worry what you pay the vendor, worry what you pay the bank. Absolutely. Uh, Certainly a consideration for anyone taking out a mortgage at any time, but particularly in, in such uncertain times. You did mention there that buyers, obviously there's good opportunities out there. And if people are taking all considerations and being quite savvy, they can snap up a deal. Given that we've talked in the past about investors potentially returning this year to the property market, would it be reasonable to suggest that earlier in the year is a pretty good time to buy if you are not an investor? Again, it's event dependent. Now, if you're a first home buyer, you may look to take advantage of the New South Wales government's tax incentives that they've put in place. There's not one right answer to that question is how I would answer it, Kieran. If you're looking to upgrade, I always tell people you should upgrade in a down market and you should downgrade in an up market. So the best selling in 2021 was done by baby boomers that might have sold their house for four million and gone out and bought an apartment instead of paying one million, paid 1.2 for it. But they were unconcerned about that because their four million dollar house had jumped to 4.4 million, meaning the trade was very good. Now, the other sector of the market we haven't talked about yet is obviously the rental market. We saw a big correction in 2022 as uh, rental figures came back toward normal sort of pre-COVID figures. How do you think the rental market should fare throughout 2023? Late in 2022, was showing signs of potentially meeting a peak. So there will be maybe some respite for tenants in 2023 as it stands at this point in time. There was, as you say, a lot of gap filling where rents were um, underpriced and landlords were essentially subsidising housing for tenants, and that's where COVID took us. Now, the government came in with other compensation measures to assist landlords in that space and place, but the market is now recalibrated to to normal. So uh, I think by year's end, at the end of 2023, I have no doubt that the rental market will be higher 
than what it is here and now in January, but I'm not expecting another 20, 15, 20% jump in the rental market personally, Kieran. I think throughout the year, it'll probably put on about 10%. But landlords will take that because they've uh, had subdued rents for a very long time now. So um, I think rents will rise above the inflation rate still. So Peter, we've uh, we've taken a bit of a macro look at 2023 in this episode. I wonder, no matter which sector you're in right now and what you're likely to be in through 2023, what are these key things or key triggers that we should be looking for, whether we're buying, selling or renting, that are indicators of when is the right time for us to make a decision? Kieran, there's a couple of soft indicators that I think will give you a a more nuanced sense of where the market could go this year. Uh, So employment, does the employment rate stay low? If it does, people have got a job and it's much easier to pay a, a mortgage even if rates are going up when one is gainfully employed. If there were a sharp jump in unemployment, that would clearly be a negative and would we'll draw a response from the government of the day. I've, I've got little doubt and, and the RBA, but yeah, the unemployment rate's one to follow. Days on market, how long is it taking for properties to sell? You knew you were in a boom in 2021, for example, because you were seeing property sell within 10 days of being listed. That's a very, very clear sign that buyer demand in that sort of environment is outstripping seller supply. Conversely, I think as real estate agents, we've all worked in markets where it takes 60, 70 days to, to sell a property. Now, that's a clearly very depressed market, but that's a great indicator to tell people how quickly buyers and sellers are, are meeting an agreement based on how long the, the, the listing is out there. Um, stock levels. One of the reasons that the property market didn't have a bigger correction than 10% in 2022 is stock levels stayed fairly tight. Now, what do we take out of tight stock levels when interest rates are going up? Well, it told us that even though interest rates were going up, households weren't under pressure and weren't forced into the market uh, to sell. So buyers said, well, interest rates are going up. There must be some value in the market. Let me go out and find myself a bargain they turn up to one of the few listings available on a Saturday morning and lo and behold, there was a heap of other home buyers there looking to potentially buy the same property. So tight stock levels really played a role in protecting the market in 2022. But as the COVID era home loans expire and households find themselves with a mortgage rate of five, five and a half percent as opposed to two, two and a half percent, does that push more stock into the market? Because what I do know with interest rates at these levels, if there was a surge in stock levels throughout the year, that will play very badly for vendors in my view. Certainly factors that will have a, a, an impact on the market itself and and questions that any buyers or potential sellers out there should be asking their agent, but also you know things that they should be researching on their own. Now, Peter, I thought we might uh, wrap up the episode today just by getting out your little crystal ball that you've got there on the desk with you. What's your big prediction for 2023 and who is likely to be the biggest winner this year? I think inflation's going to be harder to get under control than most of us would like. That's my big prediction for the year. It's great to see some moderation in the inflation rate, but it is a global issue and there's leading indicators that are going to feed into that. If I can go to the CPI number, rents are included in the CPI number, Kieran, where rising mortgages are not. So throughout 2023, as existing tenants are forced to release their current property at a higher rate, and as properties become vacant and released looking for a fresh tenant, all of those rents are going to go up and feed into the CPI, for example. Now, rents are one of the largest percentage weights of the CPI basket 
that the, the RBA based their interest rate decision on. So the higher rents that happened late in 2022 will play through in, in 2023. And um, as I say, the issues in China in late 2022, early 2023 with the supply line crisis and manufacturing struggling there will probably mean that inflation is going to be more of a persistent issue than any of us would like. But my big prediction is that uh, once inflation is contained, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'll make an outlier call, that at some stage in the second half of 2023 or early 2024, the RBA find themselves having to cut interest rates to support the economy. As always, a brilliant chat, Peter, and I will look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for joining us on the Current Market Insights podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate the podcast providing real estate insights you won't find anywhere else.